as we've heard in a release from uh, the housing minister, Ravi Kalon, who has also said that new laws will be tabled to deliver more homes for people faster, transition to cleaner energy, and keep people safe and communities strong. So how do you do that? How do you address the housing crisis? Well, some of the things you're talking about, delivering more small-scale multi-unit housing that is within reach for middle-incomers. Those include townhouses, duplexes, even triplexes, allowing the secondary and basement suites everywhere in the province, speeding up municipal and provincial permits to reduce costs, remove unnecessary delays, and deliver more homes faster, and delivering thousands of new homes in areas well served by transit and creating more vibrant communities. That's always interesting. What is a vibrant community? But creating more of them with services near those transit hubs. All of it sounds like great things, but is this really going to address the housing crisis? Can you bring in the right legislation to do so? Where do you stand as a province in an issue that is municipal, provincial, and federal? Well, let's bring in a different perspective and go right to BC United leader Kevin Falcon. Mr. Falcon, thanks so much for being with us this afternoon. Happy weekend ahead. And happy weekend to you, Bruce. I was laughing as you were reading off that stuff. Sounds so wonderful. These lovely announcements. Well, it sounds so simple. I mean, all you have to do is, and there are the things. It's solved. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where do we start with this? Uh, I know that you have raise some concerns about the cost of actually developing uh, this housing. Is that the biggest issue? Where do you where do you kind of uh, fall into this belief that can be solved? Sure. Well, first of all, look, I think it's very important for your listeners to understand something. Um, none of the people in the current NDP government have any history or understanding of how the housing business works. And I think that's evident by the fact that after six years of all their announcements and re-announcements and promises and commitments, We've ended up actually with the worst outcomes in North America. We actually have the highest housing prices in North America, third highest on the planet. We've also ended up, by the way, with the highest rents in the entire country. So if this was a private business and you were getting these kind of results, you would fire the people that deliver them. Um, But instead, what we're going to get is more promises that sound good, but they're from people that don't know what they're talking about. And I say that in the most charitable way I can. I spent a decade, the last decade, in the housing business, okay? In In the company I worked with, we actually built more houses in that one company than the entire province of British Columbia did. So here's the problem. They make these lovely announcements that sound really great. Now, the problem is they spent the first uh, five years while David Eby was housing minister for a good chunk of that time saying the problem with housing was caused by foreign Chinese buyers and uh, developers that were, you know, making out like bandits. So they said, let's just add a whole bunch of new costs to housing. So they introduced a whole blizzard of taxes and they thought somehow that by adding more cost to housing, it would somehow get cheaper. Well, guess what? It didn't work. So now they're desperate and they're saying, okay, well, now we're just going to make every single family lot a fourplex. And simplistically, that sounds good because people might think, oh, that's good. Now we'd have, you know, instead of 10 single family homes on the street, we'll have 40. Well, here's the problem. Uh, They've never developed before. So what they don't tell you is that actually to take a street of single family homes and suddenly, you know, make it 40 homes instead of 10, you've got to spend a lot of money upgrading the sewer, the water, the power, and it's very expensive, and that means that this affordable housing you're, you're hoping to get, that's not going to be affordable. It will actually be very expensive for the people that are trying to buy those units. 
Well, let's so just take a, a look at one area, and I am going to use my own experience. Yeah. I live in sure. uh, the Clayton Heights, uh, Willoughby area of uh, Surrey. Exactly. Know it well. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's great. There are a lot of um, people living in homes that have uh, two or three different units. But you know what? It's not even parking, which was talked about as a municipal concern a few years ago. It's congested when it comes to being able to uh, travel on the streets. Try going up uh, 208th. Uh, it's almost impossible now, and it's going well, to get a whole is, lot worse. And, and Bruce, you yeah. know, it's almost to me like you're offloading a lot of things onto the municipalities and saying, you know what, uh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to increase density, and good luck with that. That's exa- You are exactly right, and thank you because you've nailed it on the head. You made my next point, which is I was actually going to use Clayton as an, an example. There were literally fistfights taking place in that community because of all the parking challenges. And the problem is when you take that street of uh, you know, single-family homes and you suddenly you know, quadruple the number of people there, guess what happens? Huge parking shortages. That's the problem. Then you also get a, 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 the other point you make is actually it goes against you know, really 50 years of learning about what's good for the environment and, and good for building communities, and that is to avoid sprawl. You do not want to spread people all over a broad community because then they have to drive because they haven't got access to good transit. So what we would do differently is say, okay, first of all, let's not throw away all the principles of planning and what's good for the environment and good for people, et cetera, by making sure that the density is really along, uh, along the corridors where you've got transit or proposed transit. That's where you want to put most people. Then you have gentle density. The farther you move away, it you know maybe goes to six-story buildings, then it goes to four, three, and then you're down to townhomes, and then it's back to single family. Um, but you want people to be able to cycle and walk to work and not have to drive. But this idea, Surrey's the best example, that you're going to take all those communities in South Surrey and turn those single-family homes into fourplexes and don't think that that's going to cause even more traffic chaos and carnage that we've, than we've already got. You are dreaming in Technicolor. It's not going to work. And so that's why I think the public needs to understand these simplistic solutions they come up with are born out of desperation. And I get that because nothing they've done has worked so far. But we can't lose sight of what is actually attainable and what we actually have to do and how we actually get the private sector and the nonprofit to build exactly what we need. And that means people that know what they're doing. We're talking with BC United leader Kevin Falcon about uh, this latest announcement on housing and the priorities going to be setting or set out in the uh, upcoming uh, session of the fall legislature. Um, you know, when when I think about some of the issues, there are people, and you know this, Kevin, they're going to say, oh, yeah, Kevin Falcon, yeah, pro developer. And I hear him, but, uh, you know, he's just saying everything that the developers want to hear because they're going to make a huge profit. Where is the balance? Well, first of all, so when I left government in 2013, uh, and I was working for a developer, for sure, um, we were selling townhomes in Surrey for 375000 to $450,000. Um, that was actually affordable. After six years of the NDP, those are now worth uh, or reselling for over a million dollars. That's totally not affordable. And I think it's really important for the public to know that if we want lower prices, we have to get, we have to flood the zone with new supply, all kinds of supply but we have to make sure we do it in a smart way and it's not about developers yes during good times they can do well during bad times nobody talks when they go out of business like some of the ones you've heard about recently or they're losing money like crazy in a high interest rate environment like you're seeing right now where projects are being shelved etc nobody talks about that 
fact of the matter is it's a high-risk, high-reward business. There's no doubt about it. But we need the good developers to be building the supply that we're going to need. The NDP literally believes that they want to get into the housing. Can you imagine the NDP building housing? I mean, we've already seen what's happened with BC housing. It's It's been mired in scandal. They've had to fire their own board that they appointed. They've got million, hundreds of millions of dollars being spent with no accountability. They're getting terrible results. We do have to have people that know what they're doing in government. And that's what concerns me the most. There's no simple solutions. I should tell the public that. But what we did is we missed six years where we could have been making a lot of progress because we had a lot of people in government that misdiagnosed the problem. And then all they did was add more cost to housing, thinking that was going to make it more expensive. There's going to be a lot of reaction to this. You know it. Uh, They're going to be calling in and uh, taking you to task, taking me to task on some of the questions here. I would love to hear from some of the callers. So stay with us. Tell me what you think about this. Fixing the housing crisis. The NDP plan is out here with, uh, you heard the suggestions. Is it the right direction? The direct quote from Ravi Kalam, Minister of Housing, also the government house leader. He says, everybody in BC wants to be able to build a good life here with an affordable home and a safe community they love, surrounded by quality public services and good job opportunities. That as new legislation Uh, Several different pieces of legislation will be brought in during this upcoming fall session of the legislature. Our guest, BC United leader Kevin Falcon, and your phone calls at 280-9898. Let's go right to those phone calls. Uh, Kevin Falcon is still with us. Dave in Fanny Bay. Uh, Dave, uh, good afternoon. I hear that uh, you kind of point out to the empty land tax as something to be considered. Yeah, actually, thank you. I've uh, been on the radio, this is the third time, kind of pushing this idea. Over here on the island, there's there's a lot of land that people are just sitting on and speculating on. There's a lot right next door to me that uh, the guy bought it for 500 last year, and now he's trying to get 600 for it. And the problem I see is uh, it costs them nothing to hang on to it, you know, five five hundred $1,000 a year. Well, if it's going to go up 50000 100000 that's that's not right. Okay, Dave, and, let's and, hold it right there and go right uh, for interest of time, getting as many calls as possible. Uh, Kevin Falcon, what do you think about that, bringing in a tax for those uh, sort of people? Well, there already is a vacant land tax if it's residential property or property that could be used for residential development purposes. There is a vacant land tax that is in place uh, that those folks would have to pay. So, uh, But look, I, I actually think, uh, Dave, I really think it's important for the public to know this. If we want more affordable housing, we have to make it less expensive. And I'll give you one example. The NDP, when they want affordable housing built, they will send the nonprofits or the developer, whoever is building that particular uh, piece of affordable housing, a 400-page document telling them all the requirements that they want to have on that so-called affordable housing. It adds 30% to the cost, and it makes absolutely no sense. This is the problem when you have people that have never built anything and don't understand the correlation between when you keep adding requirements and say it's got to be the highest environmental standards and we want to have this, that, and the other thing associated with it, it just keeps adding to the cost, and that makes it less affordable. Let's pick up on that by going uh, to Josh in Vancouver. Josh, building more units, uh, do you think it's going to solve the housing crisis? 
it would, but I think the problem right now, like that, that bus is kind of gone. Like we had low interest rates for three years. That's gone now. So relying on the private side to build a whole bunch of uh, units and now taking the restrictions, you know, maybe taking some restrictions off. It's not going to do anything anymore because there's no money left in it. But I certainly agree with Mr. Falcon on the restrictions. I work in construction as well. And it just seems funny to me. You can live in a 1930s house in New Westminster with absolutely no issue. However, if you want to put a basement suite in your 1990s house, there's all kinds of issues. So I think there's probably bigger fish to fry than just telling people to build more. Kevin Falcon, is that kind of what you've been uh, hearing when you talk to people in the construction business like Josh? Well, well, Josh is right, and I've worked with a lot of great folks in the construction business, and the thing that upsets me the most is a lot of the guys building these homes can't afford to buy them, and that just makes me crazy. So we have to get back to a few realities. One is this. The federal government has to play a role here, too, because with almost 200,000 people a year coming into British Columbia, um, we need to have the dollars and focus those dollars on making sure the infrastructure is there. The problem with the NDP government is they're trying to point the blame. They're blaming the local government, saying it's their problem. Well, the problem is, even if the local governments go ahead and build all this housing, the problem is you're not going to have the schools there. You're not going to have the hospital services there. You're not going to have the transit because all of this has to be coordinated. And right now in a community like Surrey, which is the fastest growing in the province, this is a government that promised to eliminate portables in four years, and they've doubled them. So it's not good enough to just say, you know, build all this housing unless we also have the, the other infrastructure that's got to go along with it. So it actually takes a bit of foresight and planning and making sure you're executing on those other areas uh, to help the uh, local governments out. Foresight, planning, livability. Those are things that come into play. And uh, again, I'll go back and I'll say this. I think a lot of this is offloaded to the municipalities and as province says, go ahead, solve it. Here's uh, here's the rule. Um, but that's just me. Uh, let's take one more call. Uh, Wayne in Coquitlam, what say you? Hey, uh, good afternoon. Hey, Kevin, I used to work with the Harry Bloy uh, campaign. My two questions to you are, are you going to get rid of the of the carbon tax if the federal government does it? And also the tax on used cars. This is being a tax put on by the NDP government that is crippling poor people only by used cars. Where do you stand on this before I support your campaign? Okay, I'm going to cut it off there. It is a great question. Actually, two questions, but it's off topic just for this one. So um, I do thank you for your interest in that. But we're talking today about housing and uh, those other questions can fill up an entire show in themselves. Uh, Kevin Falcon, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate your time. And thanks very much for having me, Bruce. It's an important discussion to have because I do think it's important that we get knowledge, get knowledgeable people on the show talking about housing, not politicians that are making a bunch of announcements and reannouncements and have got us the worst housing market we've ever seen in the history of this province. So I think that's really important. But thank you for for allowing me the opportunity to talk about this. Okay, thank you.